Miyoko Taylor. I am a life transformation coach. What inspired you to become a coach? Um, what inspired me to become a coach was, I mean, I've been, I've had the kind of the spirit to serve since I've been a little kid. Um, I knew that I always wanted to be in a profession where I was able to help people. And I was just really fascinated with how people work, you know, how we think, you know, why this particular person achieves this particular thing versus why this one didn't. Um, and it's just a general, general love for people, a genuine love for people that I've always had. So I think coaching was just a, something that I did before I knew exactly what it was um, or something that I was passionate about. And, you know, life just happened to, you know, veer me in that direction. That's kind of what happens when you kind of live in your purpose and you pursue what you're really passionate about. So that's how I became a coach. Um, how I became an effective coach <laughs> was just life experiences and life challenges, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I love what I do. I've been doing it for well over a decade and um, it's, it's, it always brings me to exciting new experiences, man. Um, and uh, it's something that's very needful in today's society, especially post pandemic and, you know, the things that are going on in our world today. So. Can you tell me a little bit about your own journey? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, as, as I was saying, I've always been kind of the type of person that wanted to serve, wanted to help people. But I found myself at some point really kind of listening to what everyone else was saying, uh, what everyone else was doing. Um, you know, people, we all, everybody has their own opinions on what you should be doing, how things should be done. Um, listening to that, listening to what society says successful is, you know, go to school, get a degree, get married, house on the hill, those types of things. Um, and I found myself in a position to where I was truly just depressed. You know, I was overweight, um, feeling anxiety. My life was just completely, completely, I, I just completely felt like somebody that was living a complete lie. Um, I was stuck in an identity that was in not even in relation to who I was. So I remember looking at the mirror one day, um, coming out of the shower, man, and I just burst into tears because I didn't recognize who I was anymore. And um, I said, you have to make one of two choices. You're either going to continue down this road or you're going to make one of the scariest decisions you ever made in your life. And that was to go against what everybody was saying and really start to pursue what was really important to me at the time. And I took that route. And what I realized is that I was on a path of personal discovery and I looked in, I went on Google, no lies told here, went on Google, typed in how to find yourself. Don't know why I typed that, but I did. Um, and I stumbled on, I think the first person I stumbled on was uh, Tony Robbins, then Jim Rohn, then Zig Ziglar, then um, who was another one? Uh, there's so many, John Asaraf. Um, I can't remember his name and he's a big one and I actually work with him, <laughs> but it was so many different people and the personal development feel that I actually uh, started to listen to. And I'm like, do you mean to tell me that there is a mindset, there is a behavior, there's these things that you can change about yourself that'll actually help you accomplish and achieve the goals that you want in your life. And when I realized that, I just really became fascinated with it. You know, Michael, I just really started kind of going down this path of self-discovery. And I remember that year I read over 70 books, um, you know, audio books, physical books, and just was consuming bunches of information. 
course, now at this point, I go back and read those books because there's no way I'm retaining all that. But I just wanted as much information as I could because I was really fascinated with it. So that led to me to getting to NLP, to emotional intelligence, to life coaching, um, just to transformation coaching, mindset coaching, just really being fascinated with the coaching industry and just the way that it works and how it can help people literally transform their lives. Um, so that's kind of how I really, really got into coaching from a professional perspective. But it was always part of something. Personal development, self-improvement has been always something that I've been fascinated about and deeply tried to apply to my life, you know, every single day. And it was less brown than I was thinking though. <laughs> I couldn't put my 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 uh my my mouth to what my mind was thinking. So yeah, it was less brown. But I it, it's a lot of them. There's a lot of people out there that have influenced me um, along the journey and really, really helped me to discover that people were actually doing this you know, as a life purpose. Those people made me recognize that, wow, people are literally out here doing this. Not only are they doing this, they're making a good income doing it. And this is all they do, helping people. So I was like, wow. You know, so that's kind of how I ventured into it from a professional perspective. And I've been actually doing it ever since. When I was doing my research, I saw some of your tips on Facebook and a lot of them, you know, I could relate to especially you know always caring what other people think or mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. being yourself and stuff like that mm -hmm. how is it you know relating to people going through the, those things believe it or not most people go through those things and one of the reasons why is because we're focused so much on we're taught and we're psychologically con conditioned to follow to get more, to be more, to do more. And it's in a perspective where the media and social media actually dictate or they give us a perception of what that more is supposed to be. And it's interesting because I, I, I saw a podcast um, the other day. It's just something I've been talking about with my colleagues as well. We're conditioned so much to get more and to do more and to look at everybody else so that really feeds that whole people pleasing mentality, you know, caring about what other people think and instead of what you're really passionate about, worrying about what they're going to say, worrying about what other what everybody else is doing. And I tell people there's three things I always tell my, you know, some of my clients, there's three things that you really want to stay away from focusing on what everybody else is thinking, what everybody else is saying and what everybody else is doing. If you consistently focus on those things, notice how none of that has anything to do with you. So you start to design a life where you're actually caring and pleasing other people instead of what do I really want? What do I really need? What do I really desire? What are What is my vision? What are my goals? And you start to model this life around what everybody else is thinking, saying, or doing. Everybody else's opinion of what you should do. I've been there. And what it does is it really takes away the true essence of who you are authentically, unapologetically. It takes away all that aspect of yourself. And this is why people are working jobs that they hate. People are in very high level positions and we're looking at them like, oh my God, I would love to be them. But I'm coaching them and deep inside, they're like, I don't even want to be me because this is not who I am. I realized that I designed this life based on what everybody was saying, thinking, or doing. So... Most people, and a lot of people won't tell you this, 
But most people that are suffering from burnout that have this work-life balance problem issue, and I don't believe in work-life balance. We can talk that talk about that later. But people that are suffering from these things, they are usually chronic people pleasers. Deep down inside, they, a lot of them have imposter syndrome, low self-confidence. These are things they're not telling the world because they look confident as ever to society. These are things that people are telling me as a coach, as somebody that deals with a lot of high-profile professionals um, that have these high-stress positions that are in these levels of leadership, that are really suffering in silence with these different things. Because as I said before, they're stuck in an identity that is not in alignment with who they really are. So to give you the short, because I had to explain a lot, to give you the short answer of that, yes, a lot of people are dealing with the chronic people pleaser aspect, but it's because of what they allow themselves to focus on. And then they pay attention to what's going on in the media and they're not really dealing with what they want, who they are and what's important to them on a daily basis. Sometimes we think about it, right? New Year's resolutions, New Year's time, we may think about it. <laughs> a holiday, a death, something tragic happens. And then we may think about it for a little bit. But it's not something that we're really self-aware enough to focus on every single day when we wake up in the morning. So that's that's the whole people-pleasing aspect. And everybody has be everybody has become or is a people-pleaser in some way, shape, or form. Right. Can you tell me about uh, your thoughts on the work-life balance? Uh, <laughs> this is probably one of the most controversial topics uh, when I say that, because people are like, what do you mean? <laughs> work-life balance is such a popular term, right? Yeah. But for those of you who can't see me, I'm actually doing a, a visual demonstration. So let me ask you a question. I know this is your show, but I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, please. All right. So... <clears throat> Do you think an audience, you can ask yourself the question too. Do you think at any given point of time that your professional life and your personal life is going to balance on a scale? And what I mean by that is a lot of people go out to say, you know what, my, man, if I had more time, more, 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 remember, it's the adding part, right? It's that more thing. If I had more time, I'll be able to do this, right? If I had more time, I'll be able to do that. There's never going to be a point, place in time where you have 10 hours of personal time and 10 hours of business time. And it just harmonizes. It's not going to happen. The real problem why people consistently pursue work-life balance is because they're still focused on all the things they think that will complete them and make them happy versus really taking what they have and literally being present and aligning that with who they really are. And this is what I mean. You can take one person that works 10 hours a day at a job comes home, only has four hours with his family, right? Let me break this down. He has, he does an hour for dinner with his whole family, right? That's three hours left. Does an hour with his kids, right? Maybe helps him with schoolwork, plays around with them. That's two hours. Does an hour with his wife, you know, just chillaxing, you know, winding, unwinding on a day, right? Heads for bed. Maybe takes a 20-minute shower. 40 minutes left. Him and, his, him, him and his spouse are in bed or whatever. They're just relaxing, right? But he's present in every single one of those minutes. Now, let me ask you this. How fulfilled do you think he's going to be or she's going to be? 
very fulfilled, even though they've worked a 10 hour day. It's not about the time. And this is what people get really hung up on. It's not about the time. It's about the quality and the experiences that you have in your life. Yes, sometimes you may have to work eight hours, 10 hours, whatever. But what are you doing when it comes to yourself? Once you get off that job or, or that profession or that business, whatever it is that you're doing, how present are you in your own life? Are you doing taking time to do things that you're passionate about? Are you staying connected to that? Are you being present with your loved ones, with your family? Whatever it is that is very important to you. What type of time are you spending to it? Is it quality time? Because more time is not the answer. Right. More quality experiences is the answer. That's the whole work-life balance myth. That's cracking the code. That's the whole thing. It's not a balance. It's an alignment from your personal life and your professional life. They have to harmonize. And that's not always the same level of time, but it should be the same level of joy, same level yeah. of experience, same level of quality. And this is what mixes people up. So all of you listening out there, it's not a work-life balance thing. It's a work-life fulfillment thing. That's what it is. Your work life and your personal life has to be as equally fulfilling to you as everything else. And it's not going to be that way if you're spending so much time on your job or your profession and hardly no time being present for yourself and for the things that really matter to you. Period. That's the code. <laughs> That's the cheat code. No, that makes uh, a lot more sense because being, you know, uh, I work from home. So having those mm -hmm. moments of shifting to focus on family and all that means right. more than right. when I was working 12 hours a day and barely, you know, going right to bed or whatever. Right. And it makes it a challenge and it makes it a challenge to be present. I'm not saying it's not a challenge yeah. to be present when you work those long hours. But we're humans. We're resilient. We just have to make things work with what we have at the particular time. And if you're not happy, let's say, for example, in that profession, then you got to start making steps and making an exit strategy to see how you can kind of move from there to where you really, really want to be. So I, I kind of want to add that up because I know some people are like, well, I don't have a choice. I work all these hours. I get it. But at some point, you have to start to make steps to make a better situation for you, for your family, for yourself, whatever your situation may be. How does it feel when you have clients making, you know, changing their lives for the better? Um, it, it, it feels really good. I, what I do, one of the things, and it's funny because people say, oh, you know, it's the money. It's not really the money for me. Money's good. Money's important. Don't get me. Don't get that misconstrued. <laughs> the reality of it is, though, is when you can actually actually help somebody make a particular change and you see somebody in your inbox and you see somebody sending you messages and testimonies and saying, hey, yo, you know what, Miyoko, before I met you, before I was working with you, this happened. Now the relationship, um, you know, with my wife or my husband or whoever is better. You know, now I'm, ma I'm making more money. I feel better about myself. I'm not beating myself up anymore mentally. I've set these boundaries for my life and I'm not allowing this to happen anymore. You know, it, it motivates me not only that. And I want to say this as a coach because people have this misconception that we're perfect. I am in no way, shape or form perfect. One of the reasons why I help people in this area because it's a passion area to me 
And at any given time, your work and your life can be out of alignment. So I want to make that specifically clear because everybody has this misconception about coaches. I'm not one of those people. I'm on a journey just like you. I may happen to know just maybe a little bit more than you do right? or some techniques and strategies to actually help you. So let me just get that clear. <laughs> um, but back to what I was saying, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to know that you're actually helping people. And it's an even better feeling to know that they feel and they know that you're on the same journey as they are. I think that's very important as a coach. When you have a client or somebody that you work with that feels like you're on the journey with them, you know, you may have have a little bit more experience, but you're at, you're there as a guide, as somebody to hold them accountable. It's a very, very comfortable and empowering experience for them. And that's for anybody that's a coach that's listening. You can get your client to that particular level of energy between the two of you. It's transformational. Where do you want to see your mission, say, in the next three to five years? The next three to five years, I literally, one of my goals, I have two goals. One of the goals is um, I really want to take this network, network-wide, um, because I feel like we have a lot of different stations and channels and things like that that focus on all these other things, reality TV shows. But wouldn't it be pretty cool if we had a network or a station or some type of resource where you can get up in the morning and you can actually have a notepad, have a pen or something, and you're actually looking at something on mindset, looking at something on emotional intelligence, looking at something on productivity, looking at something on um, effective communication, looking on something you know, on how to declutter your life, looking on something that, that tells you how to stop being a chronic people pleaser how to have more boundaries. Like imagine if we had a station, a network, something that did nothing but personal and professional development every single day. And this is probably the first time I publicly spoke about this, <laughs> but that's kind of one of my goals. I would love to actually see that. And the other one is I want to start developing experiences. I won't want to call them retreats, but experiences for people that really want that very intimate aspect of this and really, really take this very seriously. They don't, they don't want to just take a course. They want to experience the whole fact of what it feels like to be in alignment with who they truly are, what's important to them, what they really want. And then on the business end to be able to project that energy in their business and their families and their relationships um, all around. I would love to create an all-around experience for those things. Very, very intimate, very, very nice. Actually bring people somewhere where they can actually go out of their element and really just focus on themselves, what they want for their life, where they're currently at, and what they're going to implement once they leave the particular experience. So it's 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 beyond your traditional events. I want to create an experience for people that really want to transform their lives and keep that alignment, you know, um, at all times. And I, I've even thought about like, if, you know, if, if, if you're, you're married or if you're, you know, in relationships, things like that, bring those particular people, you know, allow them to actually see what you go through on an everyday basis. Because sometimes as spouses and things like that, they have no idea, you know, they don't, they have no idea what you're going through. You don't know how I have any idea how they feel. 
So it's like an all-around experience. And I feel like that's missing too. That's a component that's missing because high-level executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, oftentimes are very misunderstood people because they're visionaries. So to be able to have that mutual understanding in the household, that's very powerful for the life overall. So um, I, yeah, I have a lot of things that I'm kind of tossing around in my mind, but yeah, there are definitely things that I feel as once they come together can be very transformational.